Welcome back to Lost in Translations. My guest today is my wife again, Mary, and we are talking about The Door by Magnus Zabo, and this is translated from the Hungarian by Len Ricks. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Yes, it's good to have you back. Thank you for agreeing to be on another episode. I'm sure you'll be on plenty more. Yes. Awesome. And we decided to read The Door. Yes, we um, did the audiobook while we were driving. Yes. On a little road trip the other day. Down to beautiful Ellie Beach. Yes. And it was a good chance to actually listen to something together and be able to talk about it, which is always good. Yeah. I'm sure there's plenty more. And this is Women in Translations Month, so obviously we had to do another woman. I've been trying to do more women than men at the moment because I think the balance will probably slowly drift. Mm. What have you done? What's the balance so far? One man, and this is the third woman, so 75% women. Mm. That's it. That's good. It's still early dates, so yeah. hopefully we'll continue with a balance there. It's definitely mm. my aim. It's definitely my aim in my reading as well. Mm. There was a time in my life where I felt like I should have controlled my reading by trying to keep some sort of balance, just see where it went. Mm. Obviously, that didn't work out the way it should have. Mm. So now I have to make a conscious effort, but it's getting easier. I think the more you do it, the easier it becomes. I think you're just more aware of female writers. Yes, that's true. And I think keeping a spreadsheet has definitely helped me in realising where my gaps in my reading were and trying to correct them a little bit. Mm. I know on this podcast, I definitely want to try and keep a balance with women and men, but definitely as well, different continents. Yeah. I haven't done Africa yet, but I've done North America, South America. This is the second Europe one. Okay. What do you mean you haven't done Africa? What? I haven't done Africa yet. You haven't done Africa? On the podcast. Oh, okay. But soon. <laughs> soon. Yeah. Spoiler alert. All right. So The Door by Magda Zabo is a Hungarian novel about two very different people. We have Magda, the narrator, and her housekeeper, Emerency. I feel like if we had read the book as like with words, with our eyes, instead of listening to it, yes. we wouldn't have pronounced Emerence as Emerence. I would have pronounced it Emerence. Yes, well, it's definitely spelled that way. Yeah, and so I wouldn't have known yeah. that it was Emerence. Luckily, we're not embarrassing ourselves by pronouncing the words incorrectly. I'm sure we're pronouncing other words incorrectly. Oh, we're definitely pronouncing lots of words incorrectly. Also, the dog, because, you know, in the audiobook they pronounce the dog Vila. Vila, yeah. And when I was, like, when we found the physical copy on your bookshelf, yes. I saw the dog's name is Viola. Viola, yeah. And I was like, oh. Yes, that's definitely probably all reader problems. When you read mm. to yourself, you have this idea of how words meant to sound. And when you yeah. say it out loud, you sometimes sound like an idiot. Yes, yeah. But I think, especially with translations, that sometimes the audio helps because yes. you do get the correct pronunciation. Sadly, there's not that many translations on audio. No. Most translations seem to be smaller press, so they don't have that kind of budget. But hopefully that'll change in the future. Yeah. 
So basically, this novel is a retrospective of the narrator looking back on the relationship she had with her housekeeper. And the book opens with this idea that she has killed her housekeeper. We go back to 1960 and we see how the relationship developed from when Magna, the narrator, hired Emirancy and it took a little while for them to warm up to each other. There was a lot of ups and downs in their entire relationship. As we go through the novel, we see Magna's relationship with Emirancy and how she viewed things. And I think there's a lot there to do with social classes that is interesting. But I think the main thing I enjoyed about the book was how Magna Sabo captured the nuances of friendship, the ups and the downs. Mm, I agree. I feel like the major theme in the book was uh, female friendship and how... You know, that bond can be so strong sometimes and I think sometimes we take for granted that bond and then just treat each other terribly. Yeah, there's definitely those ups and those downs and sometimes you get so frustrated with the way they are acting towards each other Mm. and there's a lot of that going on throughout their relationship, I think. But I wonder, like, were they really friends or they became friends? I think they became friends. There's that whole idea of the door where Emirates kind of closed herself off to the people and very secretive about what's behind her door. Mm. So she has all these guests come over, but she wouldn't let them inside the house. Mm. And Magda, the, the narrator, she's the only one that was ever allowed inside the house. Yes. She was even upset when the doctor went into the house. Yeah. So I feel like that was symbolic of letting her in and accepting her as someone she could trust yeah i think at the start of the relationship magda had this expectation that because she had employed this person that this person was going to let her into her life yes the emirates had the like these very clear boundaries which i applaud her for <laughs> like i'm like you go girl like don't let this rich lady just walk in whenever she wants she's like i've got a door do not come in when it's closed and i was just really proud of that character for knowing her boundaries and not letting her employer trample them before she was ready. Yeah, she definitely had boundaries and she definitely was not going to let anyone cross them. And that kind of helps drive the book, the nuances of their personalities. I think they were very different. They're very unique people. And we got subtleties of their personality throughout the whole novel, which really never seems to get captured. I feel like sometimes it's not always captured properly. When you're dealing with friendships, you don't get those ups and downs. You don't see the subtleties in the friendships and their personalities often. So I think it took a lot of skill to be able to capture that. Mm. And did she, I think she did it really well. Mm. I read that the the book is a fictionalised account of her own experience. Yeah. Of well. the author's experience. So the way she portrayed the character based on herself was interesting because sometimes it seems to be quite a harsh judgment. Yeah, I, I do appreciate when someone has an autobiographical novel that is harsh towards themselves. Mm. I think that does make for a more interesting read. I don't know much about Magna Zabo, but I feel like, there was similarities from what I read. Mm. So knowing that it's autobiographical kind of opens it up in a whole new way. Yeah. And um, I wonder, like, obviously no narrator is reliable, that, like, was Magda more harsh on herself 
than she should have been because she has that guilt about being responsible for a death potentially. Yeah. Or because it's herself, is she like less harsh on herself? Like, I wonder how it compares to the actual reality of the person. Yes, I don't know if we could answer that though. No, we can't. I mean, we <laughs> that's can't. just something we have to think about. Mm. I think this book was set in communist Hungary and I think the interesting thing I found about it was the two different social classes. You had the intelligentsia and you had the working class. The working class seemed to be almost superhuman in the way she was able to carry out her tasks, never seemed to get sick, seemed to be able to clear the road better than anyone and she always looked down on Magna for not being a working class Mm. and she looked down on her a few different ways, but not being part of the working class was the main one, I mm. found. But she didn't consider the work that Magda did as a writer as real work. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting look into maybe communism with the different classes. You have the Bolsheviks rose up to overtake the people in charge. It was thanks to the working class that this revolution happened, but then it was the intelligentsia that stepped in and took over the power that they made a bit, they assumed the, re- the leadership roles. So there was a class struggle all over again. So they fight for equality and then they get a class struggle again. And I think this book kind of captures that pretty well as well. If you use Marxist theory as a way to try to understand what Bagdad Sabo was trying to do. Obviously, I read a lot of Russian literature, so... Mm, I don't, so I'll just leave the Marxist analysis to you. Yeah, well, I kind of look for those things. I was looking at the history of Hungary at the time, and they were under communist rule, and in the 80s, they went into economic decline, and it was because of their working class and because of their factories they weren't able to compete in the global market so they built up masses amount of foreign debt but in the book this is when Emerenzi dies and the whole community seemed to struggle with those loss like it kind of left a big hole in the whole community not just in Magnus life and people struggled to live life without her it's all almost like they didn't know how to respond to this death or how to act around it but that's just me with my Marxist ideas and I just like literary theory for a way to open up the text and that's what I interpreted out of it. So Magna Zabo was kind of in a lot of trouble with communist parties. She seemed to have made an enemy of them and I think that kind of reflected in the book as well a little bit. She maybe was tiptoeing about these ideas but I think in the 1980s, she kind of was able to really tell the story. This was published in 1987. And I think that is kind of an interesting look into the life of Hungary. And I'm curious to read some of her other books to see if there's similarities to that kind of style, especially some of her earlier ones when she was being watched by the Communist Party. Yeah, it would be interesting to see what that's like. But she often references how she was out of favour but then had somehow come back into favour. I think that was the shift in the desire to open their borders and embrace globalisation. But I am not an expert in Hungarian history, so... No, me neither. I can speculate and that's about it. I don't know if I knew anything about post-war Hungary. No? I don't even know if I knew that they were communist. Okay. Until fairly recent. Like before I read this book, obviously. I think they were a satellite state of the Soviet Union. Yeah. And I think that was probably due to the invasion during World War Two. 
But yeah, I don't know that much. I feel like there's the more I learn about stuff, the more I need to learn, and there's so much there to try and understand. Mm. Such with everything in life. There's this whole issue of religion in the book as well. Yes. Like, it's interesting to see that the intellectual is the religious one and it is Emma Renzi that's making fun of her for being religious. I feel like a lot of times that's the opposite way around. Mm. Yeah, I feel like often religion is portrayed as something for the less educated. Yes. And, I mean, I don't know, like Emma Renzi was... I guess the writer is more educated in this relationship. In this relationship, she does portray herself as the more mm. educated person. I feel like Emma Renzo had seen some things in her lifetime. Yeah, she's that, definitely experienced a lot. Yeah, that probably make her doubt the existence of God, maybe. Although well, she, does she say, had that embarrassing moment where the church tried to give her charity. Yes. And she did not she like did that. Know. That was going beyond her own... Her boundaries. Her boundaries, yes. Mm. Was rejecting the church community because of that a smart decision? I don't know. Like, was her whole disgust with Christianity because of that one incident? I feel like it is. A lot of times there is, it feels like Emerency's like, no, I'm done with you. You've crossed my boundaries. You're, yes, you're yeah. done. She's very stubborn. Yeah, she is very stubborn. Yeah. And it got a little frustrating for me. Yeah. I kind of liked it. I was just like, no, because I think it's easy to take advantage of people in that situation. Like yeah. For people of privilege to be like, well, she's just our cleaner. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah, she does what they're told. And I, yeah, and I feel like I was just really impressed that she's like, no, like I'm your cleaner, yeah. I'm your employee, but here you can't cross these lines yeah. in my life. It was even in the interview, it's like, I will not work for you. You have to give me references yes. before I agree to yes. work for you. I love that. He's <laughs> like, oh, can I have some references? And they were like, sorry, we're meant to get your references. Yeah. And she was like, I'm not just going to work for anybody. Like, I need to know that you're good person yeah yeah that was, i loved that that was great but there was that bit um where you know they had their fight and the nephew was like once she's made up her mind yeah that's it's it. over it's over <laughs> yeah but they got over it like they yeah. found a way through that yeah well she's having to redeem herself by actions mm. and i feel like emergency was that kind of person that just needed those actions to prove that they are worth a second chance yes. and i don't know in the case of the church, the church never gave her that. Mm. And probably a lot of other people never gave her that. And she just cut them out. That was it. But she was very well loved by the community. She was. I think on death that kind of became evident. Mm. And I think that is because she did so much. She was always looking after people. But that dog. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. Like the dog bits were my favourite bits. <laughs> That dog was... I have not seen any of those tricks being performed, but I would love to see a dog salute the flag. Yeah. Like, how is the dog doing this? <laughs> like, we're going to have to watch the movie to see how the dog does it. Yes, there is a movie, a 2012 movie, directed by Isvan Zabo, and I am not sure if they're related at all, but it's interesting that they share the same last name. The movie actually stars... Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren as And who plays the... Martina Gedek plays Magda. Yes. I don't know who she is, but obviously Helen Mirren is the big name in this. It is, and it's definitely a big personality for her to play. I'm curious if they're able to pull off some of those tricks with the dog in the movie or if they've just been taken out. Yeah. I feel like the dog is one of the stars of the the story. 
yeah, I would love to have a well-trained dog like that. Let me see if there's a dog um, credited. <laughs> I can't see one. I hope the dog is in the movie. Yeah, it would definitely be awesome if the dog was. Is there anything you would recommend similar to this? I think with the themes of friendship, it reminded me a lot of Eleanor Ferrante's Neapolitan series. Yes, definitely. Where it's like two unlikely women becoming friends and causing drama for each other and getting through it. Oh, yeah, there was lots of ups and downs in that. But, yeah, that's what four books you have to go through to kind of get the same kind of impact. Uh, The Eleanor Ferrante books are definitely worth reading they were translated by Ed Goldstein yes but I'm sure everyone knows about these books already yes so I th- maybe if you enjoyed that series you might enjoy The Door as well yeah definitely I think Juve Johnson is someone worth checking out her books True Deceiver and Fair Game come to mind they're the only ones I've read but they definitely have this kind of interaction with these two women and especially with True Deceiver they are very different personalities as well I believe both of those are translated by Thomas Teal and I haven't read much Juve but definitely someone I want to read more of as well you have a movie recommendation as well I do (laughs) it's totally different but the themes of friendship are strong in it, so I thought I would just throw it out there, which is The Breaker Operas, which is a new New Zealand movie. Um, we just saw it on the weekend. Yes. Oh, was it the weekend? Yeah, yes, it on was. On the weekend we saw that. Um, and it's sort of like two different women somehow overcoming the odds, causing each other drama, and then finding a way through it. Yeah, well, the way they came together was definitely different. Yes, yeah. Like, it's a very unlikely friendship. Yes, it's definitely... Different in tone, for sure. It's very humorous. and It's very New Zealand. It's definitely New Zealand. And I don't know how that translates to other audiences. I mean, I think Australians can. But um, I wonder how, like, an American audience would take it. Well, Things We Lost in the Shadow felt very New Zealand as well. Things We Find in the Shadows. Things We Found in the Shadows? Not Lost. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking of Things We Lost in the Fire. Yeah. Different things. You were, like, combining them Yes. Um, things We Find in the Shadows. What? What's it called again? Things We Find in the Shadow. It's definitely New Zealand as well, but that kind of worked. I guess the supernatural vampire themes kind of help. Yes. And then one of the police officers in The Breaker Operates is also a police officer in What We Do in the Shadows. It's What We Do in the Shadows. Wow, we got this really wrong. (laughs) That's right. It's What We Do in the Shadows. And um, so I like to think The Breaker Operates is part of the What We Do in the Shadows universe. So then it'll be part of... Wellington Paranormal, the TV show. Yeah. And then the sequel to What We Do in the Shadows. I don't know if there are any other New Zealand comedies that have kind of made it into the international market. Yeah. Hunt for the Wilder People? I still haven't seen that. I don't really need to. What about Heavenly Creatures? I do not know. That was like Kate Winslet. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think we're getting off topic on that. (laughs) That's a female friendship. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Have you seen it? No, I have not. Okay, I won't spoil it. Okay. Uh, so, slightly different and slightly off topic. But it is Women in Translations Mum. This Mum, do you have any plans? I'm going to read El Bastardo. La Bastardo. Yes, La Bastardo. La Bastardo. I'm not going to try and pronounce that name at the moment because I don't have it in front of me. It's from Equatorial Guinea. Yes. It's the first woman to be translated into English from yes. Equatorial Guinea. And I recommended it on my Women in Translations recommendation podcast mm. episode. Yes. 
So that's definitely one. We have a collection of poetry to read to each other as well. Mm. Direction for use. I don't remember who wrote and translated that because it's packed away for our vacation. Oh, is it? Yes. Oh, when are you reading this to me? I guess on our vacation. Oh. Direction for use is one that we'll be reading together. That sounds good. I'm excited. Yes, I am too. I have not read enough poetry. No. The last time I read poetry was when we did... Sylvia Plath. Yeah. Yes. And that was years ago. Yeah, we definitely need more more of that together. Mm. And there's probably a lot of Russian poets, women Russian poets worth checking out as well, like Tepi. Okay. So we could do more poetry. Okay. So I'll be back to yes. talk about poetry. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know how we could do with talking about poetry, but you'll definitely be back. Okay. I will find other books. Maybe okay. La Posada. Yes, maybe, but maybe not. If you want to support Lost in Translations, please go to patreon.com forward slash translations pod and all money there will help support the show. And please remember to subscribe. And while subscribing, please rate the show. This will help others find the podcast. All our links to social media are in the show notes and you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and Let's See under Translations Pod. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Walgarukabar and Bindal people. We acknowledge their ownership of this land and all the traditional owners in Australia and acknowledge their care of the land. This is a Macaulay Flower production.